Oh yeah. Bay vibes with a whole lot of laughs. Kicking knowledge on a new podcast. Dad vibes, but we run it with class. Listen up, show love, homie. It's the second half. Yeah, it's the second half. Hey, it's the second half. Kicking knowledge on a new podcast. Listen up, show love, homie. It's the second half. Welcome back to the second half. We have a very special guest today. It's uh, going to be pretty casual today, but uh, kind of intimate at the same time. Uh, he was born in the PI in 1971, moved to the U.S. at nine years old, grew up in Hercules, Hercules, went to Pinole Valley High, lived a life of hoop and hip hop, attended San Jose State. Transferred to SF State and graduated with a Bachelor in Health Science. He first touched a bass guitar at the age of 23. Self-taught. Nice. Big ups. Hobbies. Uh, he does photography. Euro cars. Got to dive into that. Uh, he has a family. Happily married. Two daughters. And an American bully named, what is it, Mingus? Mingus. We have Charlito Toots. Welcome to the show. Shop. Sweeney Todd here. I like that. Welcome to the shop. It's yeah, cool. Welcome to the shop. Right. This is Sweeney Todd. To my right, I have peaches. Peaches, 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 peaches. Organic and creamy. Wow. <laughs> I like how you're, embracing, on you're that. embracing that. I've, I've been trying to work on it. You said it with a lot of bass in it. Yeah, that's too. Yeah, he dropped an octave. Organic and cream. Yeah. yeah. Next to Peaches, we have. This launch pad. What's up? <laughs> so uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> and your boy, Ride Buggy. You guys don't want to do this. What's that? Your boy, what? Oh, the sweetie. Ride Buggy. Yeah, he doesn't need a. Sweetie Todd. Sweetie Todd. Sweetie Todd. You want us to do the Sweeney Todd's? Watch me. No. No. It doesn't sound right. Okay. It doesn't so sound organic. For our listeners, though. <laughs> yeah. Toots. Where does, how, how does you get, how do you get Toots from Charlie Todd? You know, that's something. My mom. Yeah. Filipino moms. I've, I, you know what's funny? I'm going to ask again because I've been asked that question lately more, I would say more in the last two years than in the last 10 years prior to that. Because before that, you knew me as Toots. When I first met you, it was Toots. Toots, I didn't even know what your real name was. Like, a Filipino won't ask, his name is Toots. Okay, that's like normal. Toots, all right. Like a bong, right? Yeah. But then now you meet other people. (laughs) Or boy. Or boy. Or boy. I'll get comfortable. You hear the name Toots and you're just like, that's Toots with a Z, right? (laughs) A lot of people spell it actually T-U-T-S, like King Tuts. (laughs) That's good. That's nice. T-O-O-T-S. But... Anyway, I gotta ask my mom. I don't know. Um, I know how I got Charlito, which is my real name. Yeah. Um, I don't know how I got Toots. I'm thinking Charlito, Charlitoots. I don't know. That's what Right Boogie says. Right? That could be like Filipinos will do yeah. that shit. Yeah. Where did Charlito come from then? Okay, so Charlito came from. My dad was a, a huge tennis fan, tennis player too. He actually played. Uh, and I guess in the 70s, there was a humanitarian tennis player named Charlito something. Okay. He might have been like from Spain or Chile or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they just, they watched a lot of tennis. I was born in 71. Old. Uh, I, I guess that time he was playing. 
and they just took a liking to him, so they named me after him. That's cool. Which is Charlito, not Carlito. They snuck an H. Charlito. You have to. You don't always have to. They got to one up it. <laughs> and my last name is Angelus, so it's like Charlito. Charlito is a unique. Like Toots is unique, but Charlito is a unique name too. I would say. Yeah, I haven't met another Charlito. Charlito. No, I would say like both your names, Charlito. Well, your full name, Charlito Toots Angelus. It's a musician's name. Is it Angelus or Angelus? What do you? What, uh, it's it's Angelus, Angelus. but Angelus. over here, yeah, okay. over here it's Angelus. It's Angelus. Sir. Depends how coconutty you are. Yeah. So <laughs> coming here at nine. Yeah. Talk to us about that. What was that like? You know. You Coming know, here at nine from the PI. Yeah, you know, um, so luckily, I went to a decent school in the Philippines. I went to La Salle, which is like Ateneo and La Salle were like the two rival schools in like Manila. So even today when I have uncles or meet people and their dads went to Ateneo, I'll mm-hmm. be like, oh, I'm La Salle. And there's always that, there's already an immediate bond, <laughs> right? But there's that rivalry too. Yeah. But so in La Salle, they actually spoke to you in English. A lot of the teachers did. Oh, okay. So when I came here, the English wasn't wasn't that hard. It was more like, wow, there's an American, there's a white guy, there's a black guy, there's a Chinese guy, then there's oh, there's a Filipino guy. I'm gonna hang out with him. But um, I went to Sanchez, fourth grade in uh, it's in San Francisco. That was like my first school in, in America in the United oh, yeah. States. My because we moved in, we got here, and then we moved in with my cousin Toads. Anybody here know Toads? He's hmm. an awesome bass player, by the way. He started as a guitar player. He's my uncle. Started as a guitar player, then he became a bass player. Anyways, I went to school there for like just to finish off the year because we got here in January just to finish it off till the summer. And I was intimidated to the fact that just the way he was at fourth grade, he was like, yeah, we're going to go take the bus. We're going to walk down there and we're going to go to school and then I'll see you at lunch maybe and I'll see you after school. I was like, damn. You know, in the Philippines, you're kind of catered. If you're lucky, you know, you go to a private school you have yeah. like they, the school bus picks you up you go there unless you have a driver unless you have a driver but like you're on a uniform when you're done someone picks me up brings me back home when you got here it was like damn that's how it is right so it was like kind of so I was intimidated but luckily for him um, he introduced me to some people and then you know when you're fourth grade I think it's easier for a kid like you can't, after a while you start playing sports and then stuff goes away and then you just get cool but to answer your question it was definitely an adjustment just cause like it, I mean you come from a country at 9 even though that was, I was 9 I remember the Philippines well like I consider this for sure my second home like Philippines is my home right Right. like I, I speak fluent still I'm fluent in Tagalog um and I never forgot, and I remember, and I, I, I remember like the third world part of it. So coming here was like that whole land of opportunity. It was that mystique. Yeah, it was overwhelming. It kind of, I would say. Do you have siblings? I do. You do. I have an older sister that's two years older than me, so she was eleven. And then and we you have, know, I knew her before I knew you. West Bay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, you guys all came together. We did. Hmm. Uh, you know my sister. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because Westby, she ran the Westby. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's uh, she's great. Um, and then I have a younger brother, but he was born here. But what's crazy is he was born here because my mom was would be my mom came here since the '60s. She was a nurse. She would go to Chicago work kind of, to keep her immigrant status. She'd have to come in, come back, right? Right. 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 And on the, one of the times she came back, met my dad, fell in love. That whole love story. Got married, but she told my dad, "Yo." 
my, I'm going to be in the United States. That's where I want to be. So my dad was like, okay, cool. They got married. So during the times where in 81, when she got pregnant, like late, he's kind of like an oops baby because he's nine years younger than me. Yeah. So she actually had him here. And I never tell my mom this, but like crazy respect. Had him here by herself with her roommate while my dad and me and my sister were in the Philippines. Wow. So we didn't meet my brother till he was three months old. When she went back to the Philippines, we met him, and then we all flew back in 81 to come live here for good. Damn. Damn. That's crazy, right? It is crazy. That's the, the shit they were doing back then. And that was, like, normal. Like, I had yeah, that's kind of like, yeah. was like, that's yeah. just what we had to do. Like, what do you mean? Now, wait, in 1981, right? 81. Yeah. Pe- pe- so my brother was born in 80. Yeah. But yes. So he, in three months, he came home for, like, eight months, and then we all came back here. Right. Paint, paint a picture for people listening what 1981 looked like here. 1981 in the United States. Man. Yeah, I remember it pretty well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I'll remember our... On the way here, our stopover was Korea. It was like eight hours. It's like, damn. I'll just have it be in the plane. And then we get to, we get to SFO. My uncle picks us up. It was cold. January. Mm-hmm. I got here January 8th. Which is crazy because my my sec, my uh, youngest daughter is born January eighth. Um, so we got here January eighth, San Francisco, Daly City. We come out like all oh, foggy, lot like colder cold. than the PI, right? <laughs> right, like to me, cold was Baguio, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. You guys been to Baguio yeah, in the Philippines? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you go there, like it's cold, meaning like maybe a hoodie, right? But this was like cold. I've never felt like, dang, this is yeah. crazy. Um, and then I just remember those first few months with just people layering up. That's when my first memory. Who remembers Jemco? Yeah, yeah. yeah. everyone. Yeah. I love Jemco. Like Target. Yes. Like, you couldn't even sneak in without, hey, hey, you got to show your Jemco card. Yeah. Right? Because then so popcorn at the Jemco. Huh? Popcorn at the front. Uh, popcorn yeah. at the front. Which Jemco? Right, oh, Coma. And Coma. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just saying yeah. for listeners who might. Okay, Jemco. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, we're dating ourselves. Jemco. <laughs> yeah. right. yeah. Pizza and pipes across the street. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, <laughs> Right? So for me, to answer your question, Ryan, it was just a lot of different looking people, you know, different yeah. races, and just that though everyone just had the thick jackets, like overcoats, three quarter lengths, puffies, like trench coats. First time I've seen trench coats. And then, like, after Christmas vacation, my parents was not, they were not fucking around. They're like, you're going to school right away. So I was already at Sanchez weeks after I arrived from a whole different country. You know, like, yeah. and then they bump you up already because they're your age. Wow. So I was in third grade in the Philippines. I'm finishing fourth grade here. And then, you know, I go into fourth grade and, like, no one cares that you came from the Philippines. You know, they cut you in line. Like, they'll kind of, like, try to punk you. You know, this is, like, San Francisco in 1981. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, across the street was Ella Hurst. Mission High was down the block. <clears throat> this is Sanchez on Dolores, right? Sanchez, yes. Or Guerrero, right over there, right? right there, yeah. yeah Sanchez yeah, yeah. Elementary. That was, like, my whole taste of, like, I mean, it was, like, a slap in the face. Yeah. Boom. It chilled out because after that fourth grade, then we moved, like, everyone else moved to Daly City. So I went to Margaret Paul and Brown. Anybody know that? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brown. Mm-hmm. Brown. Yeah. yeah. By then, I kind of warmed up, like, into the States type of life. And then I, and then I was different. I was like, fucking hella Filipinos. Like, yeah, Daily City. Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, this is cool. It's just it's colder. Like home almost. I was like, it's just colder. That's it. You know, there's a hoop court. All right, let's ball. So, yeah. I was good there. That's when the influx came in. But you were, you were actually here, like, right before. Like, what do you mean by the influx? Like, the influx of, like, Filipinos in that area. 
in Daly City, San Francisco. If you think about it, so they, was it not like that before '81? No, they like the early '80s is when it started becoming what it is now. There was really there was a community though because my mom grew up in, in Daly City, but it wasn't okay. it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't as like that. And Filipino dominated, yeah. right? It was not. You're saying, yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. No, so it was like at, at, we came at the cusp of like the movement. Yeah, you came right at the start of it. Right at the start. Wow. Yeah. See, I didn't know. See, I learned something. Start of the way. I just thought it was always like that. Yeah. When I got to Daily City, yeah. I have to say, I felt more relieved. Like Sanchez was intimidating, even though maybe because I only finished half a year, and it was just. You know, like they were playing kickball, and then like the brothers was just kicking it like hell. Of I never played kickball in my life. I played soccer in the Philippines. Soccer was like the soccer was my first sport, even before hoop. Like in the Philippines, even though the Philippines now is like a big hoop, like for the kids growing up, like if you went to like the like the schools, soccer was the one they wanted you to play. So I was like, I had cleats and everything. Like I was like Pele. Like soccer was what I wanted to play. Yeah. And then I got here, I was like, fuck, no one's really playing soccer. They weren't on soccer fields. No. And I was like, okay, so they're like, they're playing basketball. I'm like, okay, I played a little bit in the Philippines. I played with my cousins. All right, let's just play some basketball. And then they were playing this kickball, and three flies up. I remember that shit. What the fuck is that? (laughs) You kick it, you catch it three times, the dude's out. Yeah. And then it's your turn to kick. If you catch it. Yeah. Oh, the third one. The third one. The third one, right? There was like grassers and you kick. I was like, man, I kind of need a refill, y'all. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so when when kickball, they were like, it's like baseball. I'm like, what the fuck is baseball? (laughs) Baseball in the Philippines? So, and it was just really neat. Everything was new. Like, I wouldn't trade the time coming here. I wouldn't trade my childhood because Philippines was the shit. So then what made you guys move to the East Bay, to Pinole Hercules? Oh, what was that? Okay, yeah, that's funny because at the time, after like a couple of years, my mom was like, all right, we're ready to buy a house. You know, know, my mom was a nurse. My dad was into sales. He worked for Park Davis, which is Benadryl. So Hmm. he was a pharmaceutical rep. Oh, right. So Benadryl, like he, but in the Philippines, he was with Abbott. Mm-hmm. Selsun Blue. I don't know if you guys know Alan yeah. Stilak, right? Yeah. So that's what he was doing. So he came here. He was a farm pharmaceutical guy. Um, he landed a decent job with Park Davis Benadryl. So they were like, okay, they saved some money. Like, let's move. And then they started looking. And all the aunties from, we come from Morong, like my dad's side. And then all like, they're like, oh, you got to go check out Hercules. He's booming. And my mom was like, because we wanted to stay like in the city. So we were looking at South City homes. Like, yeah. not me, my parents. Right. They were, like, looking at South City homes. My cousin told us, like, you got to stay in San Francisco, man. Just fuck that shit's hella far. Hercules. Back then. Yeah, back then. That was 21 miles. Yeah. But back then, it was like, fuck, no, man, dude, that's hella far, right? Yeah. Back then, anything yeah. across the bridge. Yeah. 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 If you cross the bridge, it's far. They're like, what? <laughs> You're past Berkeley? So <laughs> what, what, year, what year was that? Because that was 83. Because my cousins moved out late 80s. No, oh, late. Uh, mid-80s to Hercules and it was a trek too so that's yeah, yeah. so this was 83 yeah. we got so, there 88 oh 88 okay so 83 all my dad's side of like his friends from the Philippines were like a gang of them were in Hercules dude they all look like the same you know all of them <laughs> if I mention names or kids so anyways Sunstream Homes they looked at it my mom fell in love they're like we're moving here but I was like fuck it let's go then I moved there then I went to we finished off 6th grade at MP Brown commuting my sister went to Ben Franklin, junior high, right? We finished that. And then after that, she went off to high school at Pinole Valley. And then I went to Crespi. Y'all don't know about Crespi because I was the last year 
that they let bust Hercules kids go to El Sobrani for uh, middle school. Damn. After Damn. that, it was already Pinole Jr. Oh. But I was the last year, so I went to Crespi, so I met all the El Sobrani cool guys there. That was good because, you know, like, got to meet other folks. So, yeah, I went to Crespi for junior high, then I went to Pinole for high school. Hmm. How was that adjustment coming from, I mean, you were only there a couple of years in, like, the city, then I kind of moved out to what was considered kind of the burbs then. But what but was it, though? Cause That's of, a good know, question. Like, so. Because by the time I got to, to the burbs, you got to remember, my first, when I went to Sanchez, like, that whole first few years, that uh, first few months, that, that leaves a lasting memory. Because yeah. you're coming from a fucking different country yeah. to that. Yeah. So I always feel like, even though I grew up in Hercules, I always feel like I'm from the city. Hmm. I do. Yeah. Like, even though I was only there momentarily... Like it was such a profound feeling. Enough for you to claim that. It. I, yeah, I could. Rep, I, I feel like I could claim it because coming from a whole different country, and I went there first, and like kind of cut my teeth. Even when we were in Daly City, on the weekend we would be at Toad's house, and he lived in Augustoff Bay Shore. So I was always in San Francisco, kind of in those early years. So by the time I got to Hercules, um, I, I still felt, it, but it was Hercules was so welcoming. Yeah. You know, right? Like, I, I, for me, I enjoyed my... I, loved I, I was my like room. you, though. I, I you came with me. I went to the, the... I commuted also. So I don't know what... Oh, where'd you go to school at? I went to St. Joe's uh, in the city, 10th and Howard. All the way till high school? Yeah. And in high, high school? school, I went to ISA. Oh, I was shit. in the fraternity. So you kept state. You kept. Yeah, it was just time. my older brother Nell that uh, stayed in the East Bay. But that, but that area for, for both of you then, eighty three and eighty eight, that area had to be pretty rural still. Right? Yeah, yes. I, I, one, I had one friend that uh, even when I was in uh, elementary school, she lived in Hercules, and I was like, "Where the heck is Hercules?" And then when we moved over there, I didn't really get to know. Like the area, like for you, what was the demographics like when yeah. Hercules? Yeah, yeah. during white. that time, white, predominantly. Like there was few Asians, Filipinos mostly, mm-hmm. Chinese. Um, man, it was so rural that we used to, you know, Falcon. Yeah, the, that used to be nothing. We used to ride our bikes, and we would like ride through Falcon and end up at Refugio, and that was we would go before they were building the homes and the plots. Yeah. We, those were like our little roller rolling hills. We would ride our yeah. mongoose BMX bikes all the way down and go back, and then we would walk to Thrifties to get like fifteen thirty cent ice cream. <laughs> no, it was cheaper. Fifteen cent was the oh, cheapest. for th- uh, yeah for uh, three scoops. Yes, yeah, it was crazy. Fifteen cent like, for three scoops. Fifteen cent for three scoops. Yeah, what, a single scoop was a crunch. nickel. Yeah. Oh, oh, chocolate monster crunch. That was it. Rainbow sherbet. Yeah. So to have to go back. Apricot mango. I always felt like I'm from San. I felt that, but it didn't take long enough for me to feel like I came from Hercules. Like Hercules became home. Yeah. Like even though those first few years, like I still had that whole San Francisco daily city. Yeah. Hercules was because I just had cousins there. I had you know I met so many great friends, lifelong friends that I'm friends with now. It just became home. Yeah. You know? But yeah, thrifties, Refugio Park. Yeah. You see how they cut off all the trees now, man? I know. It's crazy. It is. Wait, wait all the trees in Refugio? But that's what made the park. I know. Have you seen it lately? I haven't. Just drive. I mean, it's, it's like different. They're like loaded so down. Yeah. Dude, I, I did not know what Pinola Hercules was. I was in fourth grade and this kid, Rainier. Salvador? Uh, 
when it was last year. That's, that's Sports it. car, Probably. That's my he said he was moving to Panola, and I was like, where the fuck is Panola? I didn't... I don't think I had, like, any concept of what Pinole Hercules was until... Where were you living? Where were you from? San Francisco. Okay. Um, so, yeah, until the 90s, like, maybe late high school, right? When we started looking for, for like, Bebwitz, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, where are the rest of them at? <laughs> Hercules has some. Exactly. Yeah. We had to go outside. So, since soccer was the first thing, when did Hoop come in? I mean, oh, hoop, um, Hercules, for sure. So that's 83, I would say I would be like uh, 71 or 12. That's when, because then in the backyards, right? Yes. Everyone had Everybody a had a hoop court in the backyard. Right, and that's when like OJ and Ronnie lived down the street from me. They were like the moron cousins. We moved at the same time. Her parents and my parents, my dad and his dad knew each other in the Philippines as they were like born. Yeah. He was like, so they were in the, they were in Cayuga. Oh, right okay. off Geneva. Yeah, yeah. Right? So they were making the move because they were like, you know, the homes there are kind of smaller. They were like getting ready. To, they wanted a backyard. So they were going to move and they were like, why don't you guys move too? So we looked at the map. We got the same kind of model. We're both on pheasant. Yeah. We have three, three houses in between us. So we all, but they were born here. But they were already, I was already kicking it with them. Um, we all moved here at the same time in 83. And at that point, had we already had like cousins that were here. They had a basketball court in the backyard. We just started hooping. And, and from that day, like, it's, that whole, you fall in love with the sport, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. real with basketball. Yeah. Like, yeah. us felt real. Like, <laughs> it's real. It's, like, it's just like Sandlot, but on the basketball court. It, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And it's like, you start, I mean, Isaiah Thomas was my favorite player. I was say, who was your team? Oh. Right? Who did you watch? Oh. Isaiah Tom- I was a diehard Isaiah Thomas fan. Why? So not the Pistons, just Isaiah. I was a player guy, you're right. I mean, I had the Pistons Sports Affair in, yeah. in the Hilltop. I had the hat. I had the sweat that said Pistons. Oh sports wow. Affair, right? I had the shirts. Wow. And you got to go with the college at the Purdue, all that. But Isaiah <laughs> Thomas, even when he was in Indiana, I have a I have a clip, I have a scrapbook. Yeah. Like when when he won, he's like holding hella hair on his armpit. Like when he won the title, um, <laughs> because like I don't know, it's like he was small and he was just dominating. He, he was like, reachable. Yeah. Like he, he was, was like, like he was like the first half, right? Kind of like not many people, you know. He's an asshole. Now I don't, now I don't like him. Like after you learn about like all this, really? I still like him. But I mean, he's not like in my top. He like, pulled some dick. I don't, I don't know. Like I really didn't like him as the next GM. He was terrible, terrible. Man. I didn't like him as a player actually. Like, well, uh, well, I mean, I, I respect yeah, I respected him as a player, but he had like this little small, small guy complex. complex. Yeah, yeah. They did. I don't but know. Was, after the the bad boys thirty for thirty, I yeah because I like Mike. I didn't like him, but after the Bad Boys 30 for 30, I, I don't know. There was like a new found respect for him. because that? Yeah, because he was just a competitor. That's all he this, was. He was a competitor, man. Big I mean, how is he, he different from Mike? No, I, I, I actually liked him. And, right? it, and the way he grew up. I don't, I don't think he was an asshole. I, I I, he's an asshole. He's an I like him as a player. I, I don't, yeah. But I the don't way know. he grew up, like with his mom, with the 10 kids, and his mom with that shotgun, like coming into the apartment and like, yeah. like threatening people to come don't like mess with my son like she would show up to his games drunk yeah like chicago like i mean it's you know What's like up? so no i like isaiah thomas um uh let's see who else. i liked i i mean everyone liked the mat i mean i wore 42 because james worthy was like because they always made me play forward i don't know why like i wanted to play guard but they made me small forward I like Paul Pressey. I don't know if you guys remember. Him. He remember was like Paul the first Pressy? point yeah. forward. I remember Paul Pressey. Right? Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. Right. Um, 
Yeah, so... So did you have a team then? You didn't really have a, a team you rooted for? Not the Warriors. Like, no, the Warriors were the ass. the Warriors. I went to, <laughs> Chris, I went to Chris Washburn's rookie debut. Oh, really? And I thought he was going to be like Chris the dopest shit. And Woo! Then Chris Washburn, he freaking cracked out. He was the third pick from North Carolina State. Yeah. He was like the third pick in 80-something. Anyways, he was like our third pick. He was like the guy. 85 And then was just... Crack cocaine. Yeah, like they call him. They call him Chris Washout. Actually, Chris Washburn. Yeah, no, they call him Chris Washout because mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he burned out. Correct. You know, but you, go ahead. really quick, because we are still in Isaiah Thomas. Maddie Johnson was my favorite player, and wait, at the time, at the time, I was always burned. At the time, I was always. Um, oh, I'm gonna go back to you on that. At the time, and uh, I remember watching one of the late night games and. Um, I guess he was talking about how he was really close with Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. And Mark McGuire. And Mark McGuire. But really, really close to Isaiah Thomas. But there was like that one game. I I can't remember if it was an all-star game. They said, what's up to each other? And kissed at half court. And I was like, yeah. I'm not that close to him. You didn't know how you felt. (laughs) I did not know how I felt about that. That might have been the day where I stopped becoming an Isaiah fan. (laughs) You saw that too then. Yeah, I saw it. They did it on the finals too. Right. They met at the right. finals. Yeah. Yeah, I did not. I yeah. mean, there's, close, there's, there's no need. And you know Magic, though. He's like my art there. Right? Yeah, right. You know, Super. Magic will do that. I like Magic. I thought he was a freak of nature. I've never seen anybody like him. Till this day. Till LeBron? Yeah. I don't know, man. 6 9, that line 42, 17, and 23 as a mm-hmm. rookie on the finals, taking over Kareem. While smiling. Savage, man. I, do you watch Winning Time? No. On HBO. Ooh, you gotta watch it. I do gotta watch it, yeah. Because I was a Laker fan. Did you watch They Call Me Magic? I haven't even uh, seen Apple? it. <laughs> no, I gotta watch That's it. That's a good one, too. I was a Laker fan, but mostly because of James Worthy. From North. I just love James Worthy, that first step in the base. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I like Worthy. Worthy That's why I wore 42 is because of him. He was a machine. Did you get goggles, too? I, I would have. <laughs> I would have. Not not bird. He did rock the cockles. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. Goggles. Not his rookie year though. Not his rookie year. No. Yeah. Not through all. Not through all North Carolina. Yeah, but he had the goggles. Yeah. The yeah. thing is, Kareem had it too, and they would both have it, and then it was kind of dorky. I'm like, fuck, both of them have it. <laughs> and then you have Rambus with his glasses. <laughs> with regular, <laughs> with the regular glasses. Rambus had regular croquettes. Yeah, He didn't even need glasses. He just wanted it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rambus was a beast, though. No, he was. Like, he, was. he did the dirty yeah. work. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, I want, My dad was. My dad was like one of those. Even though he came from the Philippines, he got here. He was like, we're gonna be local. He loved the Warriors. He was an Ace fan. He didn't like the Giants. He was an Ace fan because he was a Billy Martin fan. Mm-hmm. Ooh, no. What's weird is he followed. He knew baseball. I guess in the Philippines, when you, he was born in '38, so he's an old school guy. So they they watched the Demod, you know, they watched the whole, yeah, you know, like the whole Converse Levi's in baseball. That was like their shit, America, right? It was America's sport. So yeah, that, it was represented, time, yeah, right? Represented. So America like football, the, but he was like a straight like wherever he that was like me. I followed players, like you said. Yeah, like I like Isaiah. I like Isaiah a lot. Like, so did you play in high school? I mean, I tried. I, I went to Salesian's freshman year. Oh, okay. Nice. You didn't get on the team in that school. It's all the brothers, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I tried out, and then I went to Pinole from sophomore. Because I went to Crespi. I didn't do too well. Wrong crowd. Mom's like, you're going to freaking Salesians. All boys with all your cousins. <laughs> went there, and I begged there after. Like, but I love, I'm, I'm so happy I went to Salesians because I got lifelong friends by going there. And I was with my cousins my first year. So that was dope. But 
I had already two years being in the public school system, and my boys already went to Pinal. So I was begging my mom every freaking day, can I go to Pinal, can I go to Pinal? She's like, maybe next year. She let me go. So from sophomore to senior, I was in Pinal. So you didn't get on the team? Nah. Did you play, Did you uh, play any other sports, though? I played a little tennis, like, but not like in nothing in school-wise. In school, okay. Nothing. All right. You played like Parker Rec, though? Like, back, man, if we had AAU in our day... I know. It would be so. It wasn't as big. Yeah. Right? If we had A in our day, I think we'd all be better hoopers. If I had YouTube, I'd be a fucking better bass player. <laughs> Jesus Christ, these bass players now I don't even want to play. Yeah. It's like a cheat code for kids now. It is, but if you use it right, it's to your benefit. Yeah. It's free lessons. Yeah. yeah. On everything. It's free yeah. lessons. On everything. everything. You just got to be. Smart to know what like, yeah. you don't go for the advance right away, right? You gotta like build yourself there. But if you know what you're doing, you could be a beast. So, so what made you pick it up? At oh, 23, I'm a late, yeah, late, very late actually. Um, I've always liked music, like growing up, it was just always around. I was like a hip hop junkie. Um, and then you know you get to like favorite group or uh, artist, yeah. I, I well, this is. I hope we don't debate this, but the greatest hip hop album ever made is Illmatic. That's not debate. Not, I wouldn't debate it. Okay, yeah. thanks. Because this is going to be a problem if we're going to debate that. Um, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't debate it, but I will say it's generational. Though. Are you saying it's dated? I'm. I'm saying it's generational. <laughs> like I, I asked you're these guys. Dated, but if I ask these guys what the greatest hip hop album is, it isn't going to be Illmatic. I would really? say. I would agree. Why don't we ask them? I would agree. Let's it's ask them. Let's ask them. Let's ask them. What's the greatest hip hop? Album for you. That's so hard, though. Have you listened to Illmatic? No, I haven't. See, then that's that's why they wouldn't yeah, they wouldn't so. choose it. Then I wouldn't take what they say. They have to listen to it, though. Oh, okay. But do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I do. But I was gonna say though, growing up when when you did, you know, through the eighties, you're like at the prime of hip hop. Yeah. yeah. So your interpretation of it is different from like most people. That's true. Nowadays, Very true. Right. right. Like you're right at when, not when it was invented necessarily, like, but when it came to. Yes. When it really started busting. When it grew I, character. Put it this way. I saw Nas at the I-Beam opening when he would do one or two tuts before Elmatic came out. And I would just see him like right now, like right, like this close and it'd be Nas. And I'm like right here, I'm like, you about to go on? I didn't say that, but he's like, he's about to go on because the headliner was Large Professor. And he was going to do the live at the barbecue because he had a... The only single he had was Halftime. So I grew up like that. And the headliner was Dougie Fresh. He just had his birthday too, didn't he? He did. And him and his... Ed, you guys look your image. No, yeah, we are. But him and um, my other one of my other favorite artists have the same birthday, Amy Winehouse. Just a little tidbit. Oh, Winehouse is dope. And they have two cuts together. Gone too soon. Yeah, oh, man. There's one I wish I saw. Wait, so is that... It, Sorry, but on Nas, is that your Nas story then? Or No, no, yeah, yeah. Tupac story. I have a Tupac story. Yeah. But that is my Nas story because I saw Nas before he's Nas. Like, he was... he Was was he going it, by Nas? Yeah, he was Nas, but he was... Wasn't he nasty Nas? He was nasty Nas. He was nasty Nas. He was nasty Nas. 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 And he had... The only thing that was out was halftime, and I had the single, and I was there to see him. I'm like, this kid is blazing. So and who he, introduced you to hip-hop? My cousins. Okay. They were listening to KRS One, right? Like the bridges of like uh, the mm-hmm. freaking criminal minded, BDP, yeah. criminal minded, BDP, yeah, BDP. criminal minded, uh, public enemy, mm-hmm. uh, Kumo D. Yo, my first um, album was 
I felt hella fresh too because I had like two dollars my parents gave me. We went to San Jose Flea Market. I fucking bought uh, Eric B and Rockham paid in full. That's a that's a that's a great intro to hip. That was your first hip hop album. That's a that was dramatic. That's that, that was the first set. No, dude, that was very that's awesome. Quick, no, but really, no. Wait, so what's yours? No, no. Not even say it. Rakim is a Rakim is. Okay. No, you give respect to. No, him. you're right. No, I'm, you don't I'm have kidding. one. I'm kidding. Nah, I don't. What's yours? What's yours? Well, 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 greatest like hip hop album. For I like different genres. So there's greatest hip hop album. Yeah, let's go down the line here. Don't ask me about hip hop. I mean, I was introduced. My first, one of my first was I, like. I can't Ice Cube. think of any. Hold on. <laughs> one of my first was because of my, Come back my, to my older Come cousin. Back to was Ice, was it America's Most Wanted? You know, I think it was Ice Cubes. Dope. I was like, what am I first? Actually, no, you know what? Honestly, I one, of my, one of my Most first wanted. was probably uh, Digital Underground, actually, local. That's kind of part of my Tupac. With Tupac. Let's go there. That's a segue. Let's go. Let's tell us. <laughs> he wanted Tupac to hear story. everybody's. Uh, no, I got to hear it. Oh, oh, you're, you're not a hip hop guy? What's yours? I'm not a hip hop guy. But you said Hammer Count? What album? Yeah, you know. No, no, no. I, I don't have a. Come on, we, we talked about this last time. I'm yeah, here. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. handsome guy. <laughs> All the handsome guys like R and B. That's why you like it. He likes R and Grind. What's That's your so favorite R and B album? Nineties. <clears throat> oh shit! There's there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot. Nineties R and B. That's but to it's, me. That's the golden era. Yeah. Would you agree? It's, yeah. Okay. It's Definitely. There's too many. There's too many. There's too many. Would you consider Lauren Hill's Miseducation an R and B album or a hip hop album? Oh, uh, would a, you say it's a good question. That's a very good. question. It kind of bridged the gap. Yeah. It bridged the gap a bit, especially for a female artists. Because to me, that's in my top. That's in my. I always have this whole thing. If you're stuck in an island, you only got five albums. That you gotta bring with you. That's a good you album. Get, you get a CD player with an unlimited battery life. That's in my five CDs. Yeah. See, I can't stand that album. Let me tell you why. That's my sister's favorite album. She played it out so much in our house, man. I love it. That's, That's not her problem. No, don't get me wrong. I love it. I'm just saying. She played out. Your problem. She played out some songs, man. I'm like, oh man, I can't, I can't do that's, it anymore. That's a, that's a genius album. That's a good album. That's no, a no, good album. Because yeah. if you That's if you li- if you listen if you listen to that al- album you automatically even if you didn't know Lauren Hill you automatically are like I mean it's got Santana it's got Santana bingo on it. right right immediately it's got Santana on it so yeah it's hard to go wrong yeah but she was ahead of her time in that album she was but just the way like every tune the one with the one with D'Angelo mm-hmm. yeah no, nothing really oh, matters that, like yeah. the one when she does when she remakes. I love you, baby. If it's yeah. at the end, just out of nowhere, yeah. like that was like a ghost cut, right? That was like an ad- what the, you know, like and then just everything Zion with Santana, like you mm-hmm. mentioned, great song, and then the doo wop, like it just and then she would just flow and would just slay. I was like, ah, oh, too much. Yeah, she's she had too much. Yeah, like he said. Ahead of her time. She so come on, back to you. Favorite R and B album? Of Dude, all there's time. too many. I mean, give me top three. Shit. Yeah, you're asking. There's always, there's oh. always a top three. There's a top top three you should pull out of your pocket, like it's like. No, I, 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 I'm more groups. Right? Okay, Diary, top three groups. Diary of a Man. Diary of a Man. Band. Diary of a Man. Yeah, for me. Oh. New edition. Oh, okay. Of course. Um, my very first concert. Damn. Oakland, by the way. But anyways, new edition. Damn. Boys to Men. Okay. And then uh, now, uh, John Legend. That first album. You don't like Alicia Keys' first album? Do you? I do. 
Do you, do you have Songs of the Key of A minor, I think, or Diary of Alicia Keys? That's mm. a tough one. That is a tough one. They're both good. I think yeah, I like Diary. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I love it better. Like with Mary J, what's the 401, but I think I like my life better. So, oh, that's actually, since you bring her up, right? Mary J. I think I like my life better. But th- this is probably not a popular opinion. Um, I love her and I love what she means to hip hop, soul, R&B. But she really ain't that great of a singer. From the- I have to agree with you in that if we're talking singing like a fucking Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey yeah, and even Christina Aguilera. She's way better. Christina Aguilera is a bad motherfucker. Yeah, she is. Right? Yes. But if we're talking singing with a feel... She was hip-hop culture. Absolutely. Kind of like how Iverson wore jerseys to a fucking yeah. press conference while everybody was wearing suits. That changed the game. Yeah. Come on, man. Everyone was wearing suits, three-piece suits. This fool walked in with a fucking jersey. With Brad. Or, or... Uh, I was like... Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, it was yeah, a Philly no, jersey, it right? Even, it was a... Talking football about jersey yeah yeah it was a Philly jersey yeah. the, uh, Eagles like, jersey what the f- with the yeah. baggy jeans and drip yeah. I was like what the fuck and then he did the, the big white tees after yeah it's funny I was gonna wear and the tattoos today. he actually yeah. and the tattoos the tattoos the cornrows in terms of changing hip, the culture of NBA in terms of drip Iverson stands alone True. I mean Jordan, yeah, yes. No, Jordan, no, yes, because of his shoes and what Jordan wore when he wasn't on the press conference, like his sweatsuits, like those freaking well, splash. That was like crazy. And shaving right? his head. And but Jordan would also fucking have a rope on his chain and do a dunking contest. Yeah. No yeah. one did that shit. <laughs> yeah. But I right yeah. there forgets that he would fucking have a rope. And then that was his rookie year. Rookie year. But Iverson represented kind of like a counterculture because it was like it was like late nineties. You had some gangster hip hop, but the NBA was trying to get clean. And then he baited the brat. And he was like, fuck that. He was like, nah, fuck that. <laughs> no, he was like, fuck that. I'm yeah. not walking in here with no. He had a do rag on, bro. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Talking yeah. about the next game. Yeah. What are we going to do? Practice? I'm going to kill him. <laughs> it's about funny practice? you say that. I was going to wear a shirt that had the, the one that has practice. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He wore a do rag with a freaking. Sometimes he'll wear like a Cleveland Browns jersey. Yeah, like yeah. whoever players he was like cool with. And he'll talk about, yeah, I'm ready to kill the Sonics tomorrow for under dropping 50. Yeah. And he would. Like, what? And he would. I, you know what I mean? Like, I'm used to guys with suits. Yeah. You know, Magic Johnson, everyone politically correct. Island Iverson. Man. He was like, nope. He kept it real for, like, where he, where he is. From. I'm going off script. That's why he was so. He <laughs> was just so dope. followed and idolized. Yeah. Yeah. Because everybody was thinking it. And he was doing it. Everybody yes. was like. Harold, I want to do that, but everyone I, was thinking yeah. it, and this fool just. I think did. I think if you grew up in in a city or an urban area, you really identified with him, right? But yes. like if you grew up in like, like middle America, like he was not it, right? Because that just you, you couldn't identify. But if you were like in yeah. the city, Oakland, Chicago, New York, you know, like major metro areas, hey, he was not it, but you were watching him, yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Like if you're from Connecticut. Like, he's not it, but I'm like, I can't wait to see what Iverson's going to do today. 100%. He's going to hang 40. I'd actually challenge that opinion. I think, yeah. like, I think, like, white kids specifically, like, white America, look to him and were like, that, that's what I envision True. a black guy yeah. to be like. That's what I, I agree with you. Like. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Because he, because he was counterculture, right? I'll adjust what I said to accommodate that. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, he just went into, <laughs> like, some press that. conferences that I've never seen. 
Like when, when something I've never seen before, it stands out. Like I, I, I remember it forever. Uh, anyone else did what Iverson before him? No, right? Yeah. One to a fucking press conference with a jersey? No, not really. I mean, there, no. there's someone that spoke his mind like him. Charles Barkley did, but didn't. Okay. Didn't dress the way he did. Didn't bring like this whole persona. Yeah. But I say he'd probably be the closest, be pre-Iverson. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No. Before yeah. him, not, not, not really. Yeah. Jordan is a good example. And, Jordan. And Jordan then, was like off the court, like when they saw what he was wearing off the court. I think that's when the fashion came in, right? Because yeah. mm-hmm. he would have those sick ass sweatsuits and the, yeah. the shorts, like when, like when they went to Barcelona, right? Like those, like splash during the. You yeah. know, I was like, I was like, ah. But he was always cordial, like on interviews, the yeah. suit, the double breasted, like. Iverson came Iverson kind of kept it. He kept it hood a bit. He right? did. Like, no, I, I, right? like, Iverson, uh, he, he just kept it, it real. He kept it real. He didn't. He kept it real. Yeah. 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 And we can't, we like, can't even really change. credit Michael Jordan with the style. No. If you think about it, it's Nike the whole time. That's true. That is true. They're dressing him, telling him what to wear, you know? So. Yeah. It's a good call. There's no one, even in different eras, like, so. like Iverson in that regard. But. Uh, yeah. Let's reel it back real quick. Let, let, let's hear this uh, Tupac story. Oh, the Tupac story. Okay, so. In the 90s, like early 90s, there was this thing called the Gavin. It was a new music seminar. And they would come to San Francisco for like a whole week. And it was like all hip-hop, right? The Source magazine was new. Mm. And they would sponsor five magazines. I don't even think it existed. Mm -hmm. It was the Source and it was the Gavin. G-A-V-I-N. So I wasn't even 21. But... My cousin got a hold of these passes, right? You get, you couldn't get in. It was all VIP shit. So, like, you had to be, like, Zulu Nation. You know, you had to know Red, DJ Red Alert. Like, shit like that to get into these. These were, like, up-and-coming artists. Like, I'm talking leaders of the new school. You remember them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. Tr- like, Tribe. Chuck Brown. Um, Tribe's, like, first. Low End Theory wasn't even out. Um, so, anyways, we would get these passes. Oh, yeah. Thank you. We would get these passes. Um, where would this be at? So in the city. Is so, it, I'm going to tell you. This is crazy where I met Tupac. It was at a strip club now, but back then it was a club. So we would get these passes. It was like, the, and you would be free for the week. So my cousin would get a hold of them. I don't know how he would do it, bro. He would just find a pass and we would go to Kinko's. You guys remember Kinko's? Yeah. yeah. We would make fucking laser copies. I'm like 19. Laser copies, laminate it. It's going to be shit. Clip it. Wear it like a little badge, right? All week, you're free. My parents was like, you're out again? All week, you're 19, right? Back then, you, but then back then, it was a little back loose. Then, yeah. You could kind of yeah. go out. Yeah. Today, I'm a helicopter dad. I got two daughters. You ain't yeah. going out on a Wednesday? I'm going. <laughs> so anyways, one night, I want to say it was a Wednesday. I was the only one. Like, the homies couldn't go or some shit. Or, or one of them was going to meet me there. It was at 850 Howard. Which is oh yeah, Howard. which is today the gold the book, club. Yeah, yeah. Gold club. Yeah, 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 yeah. That used to be a club. I don't know if y'all know that. No, that used to be a club. I mean, right? I shout know. out to the Friday buffet at lunchtime. Oh I'm man, not Friday, just uh, lunchtime every day. Lunchtime. Every day. It's only Fridays now. Oh, uh, yeah. so <laughs> so <laughs> so <laughs> so <laughs> we may need to edit. Hey, that I used to work at Wells Fargo. And I would go there for lunch and yeah. get a stamp so I could come back at night and be free all day. So I worked at 612 Howard back in the early 2000s as a broker. So, uh, oh, so you know. It's quite, quite familiar yeah, you with, know. The lunch, with the lunch buffet. So, right. Okay. 
So Wednesday night, this little Harold's dying. So, so I go. Not anymore. Was it last Friday? So, I, so I'm like, I'm, I'm going, right? I'm going to try to go every night. I'm in line. Not that deep. Back then, hip-hop was like, if you make it, you make it. It wasn't like the lines across the street. Like if Jay-Z's playing, it's like a coliseum. Hip-hop was so new that it was like, you can easily get in for 10, 12 bucks. Anyways, but wait, I Wait, wait, what year is it? Is this yeah, 1990, yeah. 91? I wasn't even 21, so this has got to be before... 1990? Nine, I mean, yeah. 89, 89. 89, I was 18, 17. So 93 then? Early 90s. Okay. Early 90s, right? yeah. This is relevant. I, I'm fucking in line to go into 850 Howard. Box was performing. I don't even know if you guys know who Box was. He's like a big guy. He was like the first yeah. Biggie Smalls, actually. Like Box, he was like the headliner and a bunch of other cats. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go. I'm in line. Maybe eight people in front of me. Cab pulls up. Hops, opens the door. Tupac comes out. A cab? Cab. Oh, shit. Gets behind me. Right behind me. I was like, what's up, Pac? Oh, you, knew, you knew him already? No, no. Just like, as I knew he was Tupac. You I was like, Pac. Yeah, yeah. I was there. This is when he was two P-A-C. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because that cassette, right. Tupacalypse Now... I had it. I th- he might have given it to me. I don't remember. So this is post-digital underground Pac then, right? No. This was like, so I'm going to tell you. He gets behind me in line, right? I'm like, okay, what's up, Pac? How you doing? He's like, man, I'm trying to get up in here. I was like, me too. He's like, well, let's go. I'm like, yeah. Anyways, so we're kind of like shooting the shit. And he kind of says, I just finished layering, the, um, laying down when I hang around with the underground. He just came mm. from that session. Oh, shit. Stood behind me in line. We're just kind of like, and the line's moving. There's only eight people in front of me. Yeah. We're moving. Do you guys know D-Nice? My name mm-hmm. is yeah. D-Nice, yeah. although I hate yeah. to yeah. admit it. Yeah. He was in the front, checking people in. That's how low-key hip-hop was back then, bro. So I was like, D-Nice. Show my badge. You're in. <laughs> Behind me was like, they know each other, right? Yeah. Like, they dap each other up. Anyway, I look at him. I said, hey, yo, I'm going to be in there. Give him a love. He's like, all right, bro, I see you in there. And I went in. That was my Tupac story. That's dope. Wow. Right? But that he literally came from the session. He that's dope. pulled up in the cab, door opened, swung out, he jumps out, pays the cab, whatever. I was like, fucking hell, that's fucking Tupac. Stands behind me in line. I was the only I was the last one. What's up? How you doing? And I don't I'll never forget I'm trying to get up in here. I'm that's like, a, me hey, too. That's a dope fucking story. Yes, I think I we go in. Man. What's crazy is that's I, Brenda's got Brenda's got a baby Tupac. No, it's before. No, no. Because he just laid the track. Yeah, yeah. Did you know, on the yeah. ground. No, yes. this that's is the same this song. Is, that same song. Yes, Tupac. this is very early. This is like 1990, 91. Like, like it's a green Tupacalypse now. I don't even think that's like I don't even think that made anything. It's two and then PAC. Yeah. I get in right. It's cracking. I go upstairs. I don't know if you guys will. Do you got everybody here know YZ? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the A N T H O N Y H I L. I sit next to him and I kick it with him that night, and we're watching box. So for me, the highlight that night because I was like an East Coast guy. I, I liked what New York was doing. I was actually like I was cool kicking it with YZ, but I, I remember I was like, oh man, that Tupac man, he's cool. So yeah, that's my Tupac story. That's so, a great. That's, that's a good cool story, story, man. It's crazy, right? Like, it's my Tupac story. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, what, what made you an East Coast head? <laughs> Just your cousins and like the people you're hanging out with mostly. Like, I was a crazy KRS-One fan. Yeah, and and a Chuck D fan. 
and I, I'm always big in lyrics, so I always thought that there was just. That's why I like Ice Cube when you mentioned that. Cause but how was how was that though without access? Because like you know, right now everyone has access to any music. Yeah. Right. You can get, download it, Spotify, whatever. Back then, how how did you have knowledge of East Coast music? Remember Streetlight Music? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. 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 They would get some early shit. So we would just go there, and then, like, my cousins, like, all DJs and stuff, they would get, like, the whole the La Rock, iced tea. Mm-hmm. Six in the morning, police, you know, that, that was the hit. And then they would just get it. I don't know. I mean, probably not as quick as we get it now, right? You release it, you get it. But the East Coast, to me, I just felt that, and for one, hip-hop's originated there. So I'm always, like, true to that shit. And then... Um, I just thought there was just spitting out more realer shit at the time. At the time. And then, you know, don't get me wrong. Souls of Mischief came out. Del, mm-hmm. the funky, almost mm-hmm. Sapien, Ice Cube. Mm-hmm. I had my first, one of my first vinyls was Dope Man. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, thank you. NWA. I was a big NWA fan. But East Coast was, you know, that's... I there, was wasn't a, there wasn't as much a huge West Coast hip hop no, scene yet. Yeah. 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 yeah it was there you go Too Short had maybe just put out oh I love Too Short right like he put out yeah. like a couple of tracks but no no that, yeah and then back then it's like like I said I was a big KRS-One fan big Public Enemy fan mm-hmm. and big Rock Kim fan Special Ed Special oh man Special, Special Ed. Ed was Push Nickens huh? yes yeah <laughs> that, was <a> <laughs> that was a little later that was a little later a little later that was later it was yeah. Special Ed was really special yeah, yeah, he was yeah. different. Like when I heard him, bum, bada, yeah. bada, this is a mission. Uh, yeah. Oh, that one, yeah. <laughs> Wait, the Rambo yeah. knife with the hunting of Bro, yeah. You know how dope Special Ed was if you think about that video for that song? Yeah, we were just walking around in the. It's like a pig and pole. Yes! <laughs> yeah. It was a strip yard! Yeah. Yeah. Bro! Like, no, dude. Like, I got it made? Yeah, you got yeah. it, made it. You're like, a pick-a-pool. Yeah. You're in the pick pool. I know the title, Numero Uno. I'm not a pro. I'm like, what? This dude is fresh. He was. <laughs> right. And then I met, you know, like, and then, guru, and then again. Guru. Back, guru. Uh, oh, I got a, st- I got a guru story. Oh, let's Gangster. hear that. Let's hear that. Because yeah, yeah. he helped yeah. me look for my keys. What? Oh, this man. Crazy. Okay, tell At a club? Yo. <laughs> Brave New World, which became Polang Lounge. Which it went through oh, like, yeah. iteration. You remember that? <laughs> Years before it became anything else. Before it, it was. Hold on. The first name, Brave New World, Storyville. That's the first name. Storyville. Storyville. Yes. Right. I'm gonna date myself. Gangstar's playing. DJ Premier Gangstar. There's fucking no way I'm missing that shit. We go. Kills it. Absolutely murders it. Right. Fucking daily operation just came out. He just destroys it. I'm like, fuck, Guru's killing. I stay till the very fucking end. Guru's sick. Alright, Guru. Yeah, Guru is Guru yeah. is fucking the shit. Yeah. He made uh, Done. he made speech impediments cool. Yes. Like <laughs> no that's true. That's, true. that's true. Yeah. Like, so anyways, he, re- he destroys it. And back then you could see a hip hop show with Guru and DJ Premier. Who was a bigger draw than Guru, if you really right. think about it? Mm-hmm. It's DJ Premier. He's making all the beats. Yep. Guru's yeah. just spitting. I mean, DJ Premier. So, show goes on. He fucking destroys it. He, I, we all stay at the end. Everyone does. Everyone's packing up. I go outside with all the homies. I'm like, fuck, I can't find my keys. I go back in, right? DJ Premier's packing up. Guru's there. He's like, what's going on, kid? I'm like, I, lo- I can't find my keys. What? <laughs> 
He goes, how'd you like the show? I'm like, fuck, he killed it, man. I just saw you in Oakland the other week. Because I saw, I was like, good. he was in Oakland. I went to the Oakland show and I went to the Storyville show. Damn. Anyways, and I'll never forget it. It was, I had a green keychain with like a little lock thing. And it's like, because I, I found it. I fucking found it. So he was like, you lost your keys? I was like, yeah, man, fuck. And I'm, I'm fading or whatever. And he's like, let me help you look for it. I was like, no, that's good. He goes, nah, man, I'm here. It was just, DJ Premier was literally packing up his shit. Lights were already on. Guru was just there waiting for Premier. Maybe they're going to go to their hotel. I turned to where I was posted right on the floor. Green, uh, my, my uh, fucking green little uh, click thing. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, there's my keys. I pick it up. I was like, all right, bro. He's like, all right, man. And I leave. Damn, <laughs> that's, a, that's a true story, man. I can't make that up, dude. Gangstar, yeah, the operation. I fucking love Guru. Yeah. I'm glad you guys mentioned that. Bro, I, that used to, I used to time him on um, what was the the cha- 26 channel 26 for the for the free the music CFC? video. CFC, yeah. CFC. I used yeah. to time yeah. him. I used to, I used to cut. Yeah. Used to cut class just to be there on time yeah. to watch. Chewy, <laughs> dude, who Sorry, remembers Mom. the um with freaking Sway? Yeah, the, yeah. Where did you put the videotape and <laughs> smash it down? Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, yes, that's my guru story. But it's crazy because back then, and I'm not trying to like name. I'm old, so you were just there. Like yeah. the I beam yeah. on freaking. I would drink with X Clan. Like the X Clan, like Cypress Hill would be there. Like it was just if you got in, you were in. Like yeah. it. Like they weren't crazy. Hip hop yeah. was not like this. Like how K-pop is now, right? Like it was like they were so approachable, and it's, those guys. It was the velvet big, rope. Huh? Yeah, no velvet rope in between you. Like, yeah, like what's no your separation? No like, once you had that that pass, and my cousin was like, "We do the kinkos." You're in everywhere, right? Where you go in, and then you're just kind of like, I mean, yeah, I was a kid, so I was like a little stage shot. Like I'm a DJ Red Alert. I'm like, oh my god, it's DJ Red Alert. It was still kind of like a party environment, like like club it, party it really was, camp, right? Like yeah. like like those Good days. Stuff. Like you I tell my kids, they don't get it. But we saw we saw Jay Z at the American Music Hall back like right as his first album came out. <laughs> Reasonable doubt. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. When, wow, they, we're, really when they introduced him, we were like, "What? Who? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who? Yes, see. <laughs> so, but he put on the show though. What year is that? It's like 90, 93. See? No, 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 no. no it's like ninety-five. But see, that's the yeah, because Jay Z came later. Yeah, he was yeah, he yeah, was yeah, later. Right. So see, that's what I'm saying. Like at that time, I bet you you could have ran into him at the bar and be like, "Yo, what's up?" And he would just be like, "Hey, I'm just here." I'm no, not, not, not your experience though. There, there was there was, was already, there was already separation. Later, so yeah, yeah, maybe like because he hip hop blew up in the yeah. nineties. The roots, like, were, yeah. the roots were there at the time. Well, that, that's what we were there for. Holy shit! Yeah. They backed Jay Z. Was it? Yeah, it was, it was the roots we were there for, not Jay Z. Oh, Jay Z was like the opener. Yeah. New, new. That's what we, we keep. They introduced him, and I, I swear, I was like, "Why the fuck thing? is Jay Z?" Like, <laughs> see, uh, yeah, look at him. He's a fucking billionaire. Yeah, yeah we got to see him early. Yeah, we did. That's dope, so, man. How, how did all this uh, this music exposure? So, did this influence you getting into like wanting to learn the bass? Like, where, where did the bass specifically? What was that your first instrument then? Yeah, I, well, I fell into the bass just because no one wanted to play the bass. So we started listening to reggae, and then all my best friends. It was, it was a classic garage band story. Like, I was actually playing guitar. Like, I wanted to play rhythm guitar. We heavily got into Bob Marley. And, and had you played at all, like a band or anything? No, like, I actually got kicked out of piano lessons when I was young. Kicked out? Kicked out. Kicked out, like in Tanferan. Oh, like, man. Like, wow. the, the, we bought a piano, and, and then, 
I took piano lessons and I got kicked out. And they were was it the was the piano store upstairs? Upstairs, you know which one? You know which one? Why'd you get kicked out? What? She said my she said I had ADD or something, which is probably true. She said like you know what? Self diagnosed. They were like the sister is good, but the son. He, oh. It's not for him. So then I always had a complex like, fuck, music's yeah. not in me, right? Fuck, right? Like it stays with you when you're that young. So, but but I was not practicing. I just wasn't into it. Um, but but I always loved music. Anyways, long story short, we formed the garage band, and I wanted to play guitar. I bought an acoustic guitar. I want to play guitar. And then my cousin Toads, who's just a much better musician than me, he was already on guitar. They're like, we need a bass player. So I would play the bass lines on a guitar. They're like, you need a bass, bro. So anyways, that's that's just long story short. I ended up playing bass and then it's one of the, it's it's corny but like sometimes the instrument chooses you sort of thing. Yeah. And then I just fell in love with it. I, but I mean it took I, I sucked. Like bad. Like fucking horrible. Um but stuck with it, got patient and you know, now I'm really I consider myself a late bloomer really trying to get better at it. So, so how did you learn that, right? Cuz again, YouTube wasn't around, so you just learned I was learning from like my uncle, playing. like my cousin would like help like we would do a gig and he would have to teach me all the bass lines just cuz I couldn't get it. Mm-hmm. Like I my ear was not the, like my ear is better if they say, "Hey, Toots, come up with a, something different." I think that's where the creativity comes. Yeah, right? good point. Yes, that's where if someone says, "Hey, we're gonna go to these three chords," can you create something? Yes, I'm fine with that. But what if you have to like they play a song? Hey, listen to that and play that, and that's what we're gonna play. It was harder for me, like like really hard. Like my ear didn't develop as fast as everyone else, so they would have to teach me because you weren't like classically trained. Well, just my ear just yeah. wasn't like hearing that, you know? Like, yeah, and that too. So anyways, they were just way more advanced than me, so they would teach me the lines and I would be able to play it. And then later after later and later and really after getting grilled and telling you you can't do this and you really need to step it up. Like I'm talking I got grilled, bro, like bad, like to the point where other people probably would have quit. But like the stubbornness in me is like uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep staying with it. Um, anyways, yeah, and and I just I just really stuck with it and like really dedicated. You know, like I w- when my kids were younger, I would wake up early, like at the wee hours before their time, and just like I'm talking four a.m. just to work on certain stuff, just to get better. Um, just the dedication and just like really grind in and, and accept that I'm just not as good as everyone else that I'm playing with, and I need to get there. And the only way that's going to get there is I have to like, you know, the whole thing, look in the mirror, you got to just step it up. Um, so, yeah, that, that's basically what I had to do. And I'm still doing it because I feel like starting bass at 23 and I'm playing with people. And here's the thing. It's like when you get to a certain point, you're going to run into people where this is all they do. They don't have a day job. Right, right. right? This mm-hmm. is like they're professionals. And I'm not at that level. So if I'm playing a gig with them, they may need to just practice a day. They're like, I'm ready. For me, I have to probably grind the whole week just so when I'm playing, and they don't see that. You know, they'll see me at the show and like, hey, you did pretty good. But they don't probably don't know that, shit, I had a day job. I have a wife. Kid. Like, I have to really practice because... Put the hours in. Yeah, I don't want to disrespect what they do. This is their livelihood, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's tough because you really got to... If you want to, like, really play with these... And that's how you only get better, right? It's kind of like basketball. Like, are you really going to get better if you play with people that are just not better than you? No, no. I'm asking. No, I mean, that's why I stopped playing against you, because it was too easy. 
I didn't expect that, yeah. but that is a true story. Wow. I mean, you well, did ask the question. I did. I did. Left I, I think I got that. Did he leave himself I, 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 I had that coming. I had that coming. Come on, Tits, you know. Hey, hey, it's all, it's all love, love here. It's all, it's all love here. No, no, wow. right? Like we thought you were the low key talk shit. No, no. Hey, no. man, <laughs> Harold was never low key to me. He let you know. No, but no, that's really no, that's no. Real, it's, though. It's, like you want to play with people better than you. that's going to elevate you. Surround people yeah. with always better than you. That's in everything. Mm-hmm. Career, music, whatever. Did you? Mm-hmm. So it sounded like you had a uncle and a cousin who played. And who you played with? Yeah, yeah, he was the same. Yeah, he was. Dad or like your mom at all? Did they have any? My what's crazy is my family actually is like my first cousin. He was like accepted at the conservatory musical and like classical at like sixteen, and then his brother was the lead in Stomp, the the Broadway Stomp. Oh, like yeah, John Angelus actually. You can look him up. He's like everywhere. So it was always there, Mm -hmm. and I knew it was there. Um, It's just it was harder for me to bring it out. So, that's it. Like, for me, music is the most humbling thing in my life. So when did you start performing? Right when I started playing, which made it good and bad. Like, I started at 23. I started performing at 23. Damn. Totally not ready. Jumped right into it. Right into it. Yeah, talk us, talk us through, like, that journey, that early period. Like, where are you playing? What are you playing? It was like, rough, man. Music, so, like, so the yeah. only, today, the only genre I honestly feel confident that I feel like I could play with anybody Reggae. Pro level or not is reggae. Hmm. Like if if a reggae artist calls me and says, "Hey, you have a week to learn this," I honestly feel with my work ethic, I will be fine. Now, other stuff like if like the other stuff I get, like with Bionics mm-hmm. and like the pop gigs where you have to do covers with Bruno Mars and Earth Wind and Fire and shit like that, eh, that's just not my strength. You know, like, I got to work a little harder on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but with reggae, because I'm just so passionate about it and I've been listening to it forever. That's one where I feel like, you know, like, and I'm talking Jamaican reggae, like, mm. and mm. island reggae, which is as authentic as you get. You know, that I'm playing more of that now than anything. I just played, yeah. So that's one where I'm confident that I feel like I could do decent. And is that what that's what you started playing when you? Started and that is what I yeah, started so playing. It's kind yeah. of where you cut your teeth. Yes. What other instruments do you play? I played upright. I did play the upright and I played jazz um, and that's something because I went to New York once and I was like I sat in front of a bass player for like four hours like I'm talking from here to you and I'm like and I was overwhelmed like I'm going to learn that so right when I got home I bought one and I took lessons for a year nonstop every week I didn't miss a week every week every Wednesday for an hour nonstop and then after that hour my teacher was like you know what man you need to go out and play that's how you cut your teeth and I was like, are you sure? You think I'm ready? He's like, no, you're ready. Go. So then I started like going on these jam sessions. It was like the most freaking terrifying thing ever. Mm. It was like in San Carlos. It was called Savannah's. And um, you'd go there. Good thing it was like easy. My friend was the drummer. He's like, Tuts, just come. It'll be fine, man. It's one of those where you sit in and then you go in and then... Is any bass player or sax player who wants to come in? And you sit in and then you pick... And then they go around. Okay, you. You pick a tune. And like, let's say you pick... Autumn Leaves, which is a jazz mm-hmm. standard. Yeah. And then they put it in, and I have to play that. And then they go around the room, and then it's my turn, and I pick a tune. And it's like, it was terrifying, but I felt like I needed to do that just to like feel like, not to be legit, but just, I just needed to do it. Fail or pass, yeah. whatever. I just yeah. fucking gotta do it. Right. Well, jazz has some level of like 
legitimacy to it when it, it comes it to does. musical But it's, it's also, right? not many people know, it's also very forgiving. Hmm. Like, you can fuck up, but as long as you're okay to play it off, it's okay. It's jazz. There's some improv to it. Yeah, because yeah. it's improv. So that, to me, was harder than any reggae gig, because then you're meeting with strangers. Like, I remember this one time, like, I'm playing, and then the sax player was like, and I knew I was, like, a little off, and he was just looking at me like, oh, <laughs> that he leaves his fucking place, walks over to me, listens to my amp, like, are you playing the changes right? And I, and then I did, and then he finally, and then he kind of kind of nodded and walked away, and then I was kind of like a sense of approval, yeah. and then I would just, just, just freaking just own up to it, right, just keep playing. Mm. But it's crazy because, like, all right, Toots, your turn. What's your song? And then there's an audience. There's a mic. Harold, what are you going to pick? And I'm like, fuck. You know, play a Miles Davis tune. All right. You get, like, only three sets. You're there for, like, an hour, and you get to sit in for maybe three tunes. But, you know, it's, it's like it's like really playing hoop with, like, some bad motherfuckers. Yeah, right? You're, like, in. Hot seat, for real. So, yeah. so what did that experience do for your confidence then to continue, like, other things? That's a good question because... I was so happy and proud of myself that on the drive home, I called my uncle, the one that kind of like helped me at Toads and teach the bass. And I was like, hey, man, I just sat in and like, I think I did okay. And I got a call back. That's kind of like the biggest thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's good to get called in, but if you get called back, it's like a bigger yeah. acknowledgement. Stamp of approval. Yeah. Correct. Right. Um, they like me. Yeah. <laughs> well, not only that, like he can oh, okay, like yeah. kind of play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we can do worse. Like I'll take him. Um, but yeah, to your point, we can do worse. I'll take him. <laughs> hey man, That's I'm tough. a humble guy. There's an aspect to it. It is because yes, as an hour. When, when it comes to music, I'm I'm probably going to be one of the most humblest guys just because. I always feel that I just started late. Yeah, yeah. Twenty three. You know I mean? Come on, man. Yeah, like when I give yourself with, some grace. You, you, you I, did. You know. I'm working at it. I, like when I play with people, and then and then that comes up, and they'll they'll ask me, they're like, "When did you start playing?" I'm like twenty three is the first time I ever picked up another. They're like, "What?" The? They're like playing ten. Yeah, yeah. Younger. Even younger. These guys are doing fucking recitals that like mm-hmm. yeah. I don't even read music. Like I can kind of read, but it's like. Okay, you know, like I'm playing more with my ear and right. feel, right? Like, so, but I love it, and I'm not gonna stop. Just so, cause. do you have what? What is your worst performance story ever? Shit, there's a lot, bro. No, but what, one that stands out. One that stands out was one where the next day we had a following gig, and the guy said, "Man, I can't play with you." Yeah. He's like, your time is just not there. Now, granted, and this is an excuse. So how did my gallbladder taken out? Anybody here ever got their gallbladder taken out here? Mm-hmm. I, don't recommend, I don't recommend it. Okay. <laughs> but if it hurts, then I do recommend it. So every, when you get your gallbladder out, every now and then you're going to have a certain food that you eat where it's going to fuck with your stomach. And that day, I had a bad stomach ache. Not, not that it's an excuse, but it kind of, but it, but it kind of yeah. like really. But at the same time, I should have still been. And we didn't have a drummer. Usually, I rely on a drummer. So my time was off, and I knew it. I knew it was off. So, anyways, yeah, he told me he's like, you know what, you have a good ear, and there was stuff that you did where I was like, oh man, he's figuring it out where we're going. But your time is just not there. That was very humbling, mm-hmm. right? And this guy is like a really good player. And then um, I wasn't mad. I was more. I got. I was hurt, but I was like, "Man, I kind of needed to hear that," because then it made me like work harder. Like even like I'm still not over it, because I don't think you should be over something like that. 
you know, to, like, motivate, to motivate. You know, you're right. I like yeah. like Herbie Hancock. I read something that he's taking classical music lessons. Herbie fucking Hancock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he played with Miles Davis. He did Rocket. He did like Cantaloupe Island. You never stop learning. Moder- yeah, he, you can't, he's like, you can't stop yeah, he even said like, I, I went to this one and I met with his classical music and he just kicked my, so that made me feel good. But yeah, to answer your point, and that was like, I want to say, that wasn't even that long ago. That was like maybe five years ago. Mm. Wow. Maybe. I mean, I had an off day, but at the same time, he heard something that I didn't, yeah. that I need to fix, which... I think I've addressed hopefully, you know, and it was a different kind of music, like a stuff that I'm just not strong in. So, what would you say is your best then? Ooh, my best is always the one I just did, just because I get all. Like, I feel like I don't want to like rest on something that I did a while ago, because then that'll make nice. it. Nice. So the last gig I did, well, okay, the last gig I did was last week, and it was a in memory, R.I.P. Allen. Um, uh, he passed away So we did like an R&B Ed Powell was playing oh, yeah, It was I-80 oh, gig It was oh, a tribute Yeah so he He had passed away Unexpectedly a few months ago And this was like His tribute concert So it was 90s R&B So you would have liked oh. Yeah yeah you We did music Soul Child Damn yeah, oh, Just oh, Friends That's his you know, guy we did like a yeah. That's your guy That's your dude We did some of that So it was good I've been all over uh, But before A week before that I did Holo Holo Fest With um, Shout out to Chris Boomer Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I felt that that was like we opened up the whole festival, and then you know they posted us on their website, so we did pretty good. I like that one. That's dope. It was reggae though, so I like that's that's I mean. that's a pretty big festival, though. It was big. It was yeah. probably really the biggest big. stage I've ever played on. Really, I would say, yeah. Hmm. So how how often are you playing? Then would you say like you have pretty frequent gigs or lately now since not really once every now like. Um, Probably the biggest years I've had was like 30 times a year, that's which is the just busy. Yeah. Oh, thank you. But now, and that was pre-COVID though. That was plenty. I just don't want to get up again. <laughs> <laughs> we should be done. I'm talking too much, man. Let's just kick it. Um, <laughs> we are kicking it. This we are this kicking, is kicking it. it. This is I love this, it. by the way, guys. Um, I got a Mango Kings. I play with Mango Kings. I got really? their bass player. So we have one in October at Neck of the Woods. That's next month. Oh, so, I'll play. Maybe I'll be lucky if I play once yeah, a month. Yeah, shout time. out that date. When when is that? That's uh, for anybody that October wants to go 26th. check it out. Okay. Yeah, at the neck of the woods on Clement in San yeah, Francisco. In the city. San Francisco. Nice. Yeah, it used to be called uh, the Last Day Saloon, Rocket Room. Oh, Rocket, 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 yeah. Rocket Room. Yeah, Rocket Room. Well, on Clement. Yeah, yeah Clement. There you it's go. now called Neck of the Woods. Wow. So I'm playing there. Uh, with with the Mango Kings, nice. Like I've been their bass player for like maybe the last five years, four four years or something like that. I'll be in the city, so I might have to check that out. Dude, come yeah. wait, when is that? Hey, why don't you text that's me? That's a I'll Wednesday. Put, that's a Wednesday. October right? I think that's a Thursday. Oh, that's a Thursday, October, right? Thursday. Yeah. Hey, let me know. I'll put you on the guest list. Yeah, that'd be great. No, I, I'm not kidding. I'll put you on. They yeah. usually give me one no. or two. We're letting you know right now. Yeah. <laughs> It's my kid's birthday that week, so I'm in the city. You know how many people yeah, tell me they're going, and then the day of, I'm not going, and I gotta find a way to give the sales to someone else. <laughs> That's like 99 percent of the time, which I get. By the way, who yeah. wants to fucking see me play bass? We, no, we do. I've, I've seen I you play a few times. It's dope. But you really went? Like, okay. Well, I've seen you at Farmer Brown. I've seen you at a few okay. concerts. You I do uh, remember the Farmer Brown. Pier 23. Oh yeah, with Native Elements. Yeah, with Native. Ooh, I love Native Elements. Yeah, you play with Native Elements. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, I love Native Elements. Chris Cortez, yeah. which is the drummer, 
Um, and he's like the he's Mr. Native Elements. Love him. He's great. Uh, I used to work with uh, so- the, with their sax player. Which one, Mike? Uh, Boz? Boz? Holy yeah. shit, Mike Boz is a beast. Dude. Boz is Boz is a trip, dude. Boz, so there are other Boz is real too. He says oh, some real, real shit. <laughs> Boz is like one of those politically incorrect motherfuckers. Yeah, definitely. But Child I Boz. love Boz Child because Boz. he's just real, super real. What's crazy is their other sax player, Raj, plays for Groundation, and they just played yesterday at Brentwood. And my buddy, Specific Vibrations, open for them. So Grandations is, they're kind of like on, yeah, they're they a big group. Like they do Europe and yeah. tour all that shit. Have you done tours? No, I missed out. Like, I feel like a lot of, like my cult, like my my best band ever was called the We Adem Band, in which the drummer was with Don Carlos. I don't know if you know him. He's like a Grammy uh, reggae artist from Jamaica. He was with them for like eight years. And then, the, the people that have been in there like Darren and Toes and all that they played with like Michael Rose and stuff like that like I just feel like in those early stages I wasn't ready and also I had the kids they were like three and one um, I'm ready now but I don't know if I'll get those calls but we'll see but I'm excited we'll see you never know man. Mm-hmm. so speaking to the kids then so have you transferred any of your playing to your kids or is oh, that something man, that... way but like my oldest Amelia uh, she's a piano player she sings too um, she could read music she plays really well Samara uh, the younger one she's 16 she sings my wife is actually you know Trina Trina she's a, actually a badass musician really yeah she's a flute player flute really? and a piano player um, and then she can like, if you put it like she can read like sight read like Ave Maria and all those classical shit she'll mm. nail. That's dope. That's dope. That's dope. So, when you're not performing, not really hooping anymore, what are you, uh, what sport is it right now? Golf. You, you live on a golf course, so. I know. <laughs> it comes with that, right? It comes with the territory. I guess. What are you so when did you pick it up? Ooh, I picked up golf a long time ago. I should be better. Like, before I was married, I've been married 21 years now. I'm gonna be. Um, so you've been playing that long? Yeah, but I stopped for like eight years. And with golf, it's not like hoop. No, no. you know with hoop, you take it off and you come back and you're on fire. Like you can't miss. Yeah. Not golf. No, you lose. You lose. You miss uh, everything. Uh, what are you? What are you shooting? Anything. I don't even think. Huh? What are you shooting? I mean, I, I've, I've broken 80 a few times. Really? Yeah, I've broken 80 like four times. Nice. 70, 78 would be my best. But if I was, like, tomorrow, Rancho, tough course, if I were to predict, if I'm on my game, <laughs> I think I could give it an 84, maybe. I could also give it a 94. <laughs> That's off the game. Depends on how much I drink. I could double you. I mean... <laughs> but if I get hot, I, there's a shot. I don't think I could break 80 in, in Rancho, though. It's tough. What do you shoot? Yeah, I'm all over the place. I'm all over. I, I I haven't gone below eighty, but I I can get to like mid eighties. But that's I'm good. I'm probably mid nineties. Okay. Oh, that's solid. That's solid. I mean, I play a lot. But that's with a lot of concentration. Like I got, I really got to. That's stay what it takes. Yeah. So I got to ask you this: It's hella different than basketball, huh? Man, you you know what it is? You can't you can't overpower anyone. You can't outquick anyone. Yeah. Right. It's just you. So I always tell I, I tell my sons, you're not really playing against anyone. You're playing yourself. 
That, that's very true. And, and it makes it really hard for me. Yeah. Because, again, you know, let's say you, in, in basketball, you fuck up, make a turnover, you can make up for it. Yes. On the other side. On the other side. Like, immediately. Yeah. Golf, you, you know, if, if you lose it, you could, it's like poker, right? You could, uh, you could just spiral down. You could be on tilt. Absolutely. And that's, that's really easy for me. He's seen me, like, you know, do it. So we were playing Royal Hawaiian. Um, Tell me about that. There was a <clears throat> par four, 390. Okay. I had a gorgeous fucking shot. Smashed it. Oh, like a nice drive. Well, because they were like, just hit it over the tree line. So I hit it over the he tree line. He fucking killed it. Like you faded it or you cut it through? Like I just cut it right over. Oh, nice. It was, it was the nicest shot it. of the day. And nice. I'm like 60, maybe 50 yards. Well, right? you smashed. Yeah, you 50, you 50 yards you from smashed. But here's I'm the thing. Long. Here's the thing. I turned that into a double. What was your approach? What did you do? I fought, I, he drove I it get, again. I tried to get <laughs> fancy. No, 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 no. I tried to get fancy and I hit a 60 degree. I tried to flop it in. Oh, you tried to be cute? I tried to be cute. And that's what Short? fucked me up. Oh, you sculled no, it? No, I, I, um, I, I just kind of flanked it. Okay. Uh, just didn't hit it with the right angle, right? So it went to the right. But, but you know, where we were, it's a jungle course. Yeah, it's a, so the, I love that course. The, but the rough is, is not like your regular rough. It's yeah. um, Bermuda, right? It's not even that. It, what the fuck is it gripping? Is it gripping? Yeah, it, it was gripping. <laughs> okay. So if you hit into it, it, it was funky, bro. No, you, it takes you like two swings to get out of it. Oh, right. So now I fucking double chip. That's the one you kind of like chipped and then it like went. So now, yes. now you're just trying to putt for bogey. Dude, I double. I double bogey. No, but you're putting for. Oh bogey. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was oh, putting I for bogey. Oh, I hate that. I hate that. <laughs> yeah. Anybody here got a hole in one yet? No, I've come close. No. I've never got. I've come close. I've come close on the part. Like how close? Par three, like on par three, I've feet. come close a few times. Yeah. On like par three. like within a foot. Yeah, mm-hmm. within a foot. Like inches, like two inches. Two? Yeah. That's a lot. You know how many fucking golf I play, and I'm never. Maybe like the closest I've gotten was maybe like this, which is inches. But man, I should have a hole in one by now. <laughs> That's why I, mean, I wanted to ask because if you guys want, if you guys said I got one, I'm I'm leaving. I mean, yeah, it is. You know how much money I put on fucking golf, and I don't I even have one. one. That shit is hard. Mini golf. <laughs> that shit is so hard, though, bro. Like, like I said, I, I've gotten close, but it's not. I can't say I meant to get that close. You know what I mean? Like, it, no, I was trying to hit the green and it just rolled. You were trying to get in the hole, though, right? I was trying to hit the green. Yeah, I was trying to get on thing. the green. Man, so, if I ever get a birdie, I'm quitting. That's <laughs> you'll get a birdie. You come close. You'll get a birdie. Hey, oh, if you took a nap on one more hole, you would have had a birdie. That's <laughs> true. You so should have went, you you went, went to sleep earlier. So how many rounds did you guys play? We just played 18. That's yeah. awesome. But there were six of us. Okay. Drinking so, like so crazy. four and two? Yeah. No, you guys played together. Two, two, two. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, but we, we were sorry we for the people behind you. We were slow. We, 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 we were smashed. No, but, but you know what's I dope? I was smashed. I was smashed. You know what's dope about them? I can see this motherfucker. Check this out. What's dope about them is they expect it. Twenty-minute intervals. They teed it up like that. Swear to God. Well, you know what? In Hawaii, you don't get that much time. I mean, I mean that much play. Yeah. So I think you're good. Yeah. It was, it was fine. We we didn't have to. So there's right. there's what one guy. That Congrats to your son you. again and to you. Thank you. Thank you. Where are they going to live? Oh yeah. Is. Yes. 
From running all the courts, SF to the town Dad pause, now we just running our mouths Baba shop talk, rocking the spot Got you thinking these opinions all coming in hot Lifelong bond has the convos flow Time just goes, constant growth Straight from the base, spreading knowledge and laughs Listen up, show love, homie, it's the second half